it's not a bad thing if we have more than one episode on this. If we get into something or we could split it up, you know, we will. As I told you, I can I can talk for hours on right any topic that I am interested in. So 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 you saw the little outline I made. It was like super basic. I just like I did, yeah. Uh, Let me pull it up here. So let me bring it bring it forward to present in my mind. Is that Tom's diner? Uh, Sounded like it. There are several incarnations of that song remixed into. I don't know what that was. These days, I don't. I don't know what that was. These are the sounds that come out of me on a regular basis. <laughs> and you're trying to like. Uh, yeah, people are like, what's that song? And I'm like, I don't. What song? Oh, I was singing. Oh, speaking of neurodiversity, right here. It's name that tune with the neurodiversities. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and we're not even sure what the fuck we're doing. So sorry to totally get off track but yeah uh, it's gonna be a good neurodiversity episode mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> everybody like <laughs> distracted Getting and... lost in the weeds i know yeah yeah Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Kink Positive Podcast. I'm That Bad Teacher. And I'm Master Arch. We're a dominant sub from opposite sides of the country that come together every week to share our love of kink and BDSM. And we'll be sharing our perspectives as a professional dom and a professional educator. This podcast will contain adult topics and themes, so consider yourself warned. We hope to lend our perspectives as kink professionals, but we are not therapists or medical professionals. Follow us on Instagram at Kink Positive Podcast, at Elemental Kink, and at That Bad Teacher. My Twitter is at All for Arch, and you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash kinkpositivepodcast for ad-free video episodes. All right, everybody. Today, we'll be speaking with Kinky Barron, a kink educator, a neurodiverse dominant with decades of lifestyle practice who provides stigma-free, safety-focused approaches to BDSM and kink practices. Welcome, Aaron. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, y'all. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, to be here for everybody. So very nice intro. Thank you very much. We're very happy to have you here. We spoke about you in the Kink Education Online episode, where we just said all kinds of great things about your account and what you put out there for the world for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now I heard that heard that episode. I was driving. Uh, we're driving to see some friends and listen to it. So and, yeah, I think, I, the, I think the first time I... I saw you or I heard of you, you came onto my feed and I was just like, what is going on here? (laughs) I want to know more immediately. (laughs) Like it was like, what is going on here? And I want to know more immediately because as someone who probably falls on the spectrum somewhere, like the topic of neurodivergency and kink is super interesting to me. And just hearing that have a voice and seeing the voice that you've given it has been a real real interesting process so maybe tell us like what this is for you and why you see yeah no well um i mean as far as neurodiversity and neurodivergence is concerned i kind of tick off a lot of boxes um i'm autistic i have adhd i have tourette syndrome ocd Uh, i got a lot of trauma disorders anxiety disorders so my brain i like to say my brain uh, does the same things as everybody else's, but just in a very different way. Um, and there's a, a lot of pieces there to that. 
And I think, you know, when I, I started, I mean, Archer, listening to you, I think we started around the same time back in mm-hmm. the, the old, uh, old days back when 4chan was the Wild West. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was the best. Yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the whole internet was, was just anarchy and it was wonderful for yeah. us. Um, and, and when I got in, you know, I was lucky enough when I started to be in Southern California, which is one of the biggest, most thriving kink communities on the planet, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met some wonderful, amazing people who kind of helped shepherd me along. And then, you know, I got a little older, family came and, uh, decided to move, uh, to Northern California, the smaller community in Sacramento to, to kind of give my kids a little bit quieter of a life to grow up in. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it was just cheaper. Um, and uh, when I got up there, it was kind of different. You know, when I was in LA, I had a, a lot of connections with the community. You know, I was young, I was in college, I was exciting. I was an interesting new person. So a lot of people wanted to connect. And when I got up to a smaller community, and I think this is something a lot of people have had experience with, um, it was a lot more closed off, especially at that point in time. This is early 2000s. Yeah. Fet life was brand spanking new. Yeah. And still, still was using MySpace and Yahoo groups to meet most of my people. Um, and, uh, so when I got up there, it was just so hard to, as a young person, find that space and, you know, felt like it just come into it. So that really started to kind of open me up as, as somebody who sees just general accessibility, uh, as an important part of kink, you know, that's, that's, that's really what it's about. I, I like to talk a lot about safety and, and how important it is to be safe and feel secure in what we're doing. Uh, what we do is scary and dangerous and, and deep and dark and, and different sometimes. And we need to feel safe and secure to be able to go those places. And accessibility is a big part of that because for people like me, you know, I spend a lot of my time having to think about ways that that the world around me might potentially come in and, and harm me uh, in a sense, you know, like I'm, I'm highly sensitive to certain things and those things do cause, whether you can see it or not, whether you want to validate it or not, and me, it, it causes harm. And so that kind of created me this kind of kick to be very accessibility focused. And as I kind of went along in my own adult journey and kind of became more uh, in touch with what it means to be neurodivergent um, and, you know, take off a lot of neurodiversity related boxes as I got older, it started to become a much more important part of kink for me. And it realized that all the struggles I struggled with when it came to accessibility. And when I use that term, I don't just mean wheelchair ramps and, uh, and, and Braille and, and, you know, and, and people who can do ASL. I, I mean, just general, the idea of making your space available to people, no matter what struggles they have. So that became a, a very important thing for me. And Instagram, uh, you know, it's just something I, I talked about when I got on Instagram, I started to find this wonderful community of other neurodivergent people in kink. Um, and realize that we have a lot of the similar needs and experiences in what we do. Um, good example is anytime you get online and you're new, when you go out, how do I start meeting people? Everyone's like, go to a munch, go to a munch, go to a munch. And while I do love munches, I think they're great. I think they're awesome. I'm a big fan of the idea of protecting community and, and having entering a community be a process. I think that's a, a good thing to do. We got to be safe. But I also think that that response doesn't cater to people like me. I'm autistic. I have social anxieties. I love socializing, but it's hard for me in new situations. And so I have to go to three or four or five lunches before I even feel like I can socialize. Right. So that's a, that's a six month long commitment for me to get to the point of having a friend at a munch. And and that's not even a party. That's just a munch. That's just a munch. That's just to connect. Exactly. And so if I want to get to the kink, that takes me a long time. Now, some of that's just, I take forever uh, to process things. If you know me, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. Arch, you, you and I have tried to have a conversation for three months. It takes me a while to get to the point if I can do those things. Well, you know? and I I recognize that 100% in you. It's a namaste. It's I recognize in you what I recognize in myself. Yeah. So it just giving, it, it's it's different for me dealing and talking with people that think the same way I do because I'm yeah. so used to a world where it's just like, no, this needs to be done now. We need to wrap this up now. now. We need to do, and it just, that never worked for me. And I think yeah. finding kink really allowed for me to direct my world how I want it. Like, I love being able to say what my now is and teaching that to someone. So yeah. it doesn't have to be this second it can be this week because I know it takes you that much time to process something, you know? Yeah. But I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that I really wanted to put out there and start to, you know, just, just universally uh, in the wide, wide world. But, you know, kink is a place, you know, uh, especially being autistic, my, my world gets very narrow sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, that's great. I love it. I don't mind that at all. But for other people, it could be a little uh, difficult, you know, and it could seem like it's a smaller, smaller life. And it's that's not true. And so I, I wanted to present a different lens of, of what it means to be kinky um, and, and what that means, because I think, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of neurodivergent uh, people in the kink world. I think it's a much higher rate uh, than it is in the general populace, you know, right. Um, it's, it's much more common for me to run into folks like myself. And like you said, I, I think that that allows you to create this space uh, in kink where, like you said, I'm, I'm meeting you where I, I see you and me. I'm meeting you where you're at. You're meeting where I'm at. We have to come together because no matter what we're doing in kink, we're always doing something that's uncomfortable for both of us a little bit. Right. And we have to kind of find a way to, to make that comfort, right. discomfort work in a positive way for us. Right. And like you said, that, that now, 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 because I get that too, because I'm that person who people are like, let's go, let's get at it, you know, and I get passionate and intense, but for me, like, I'm not here for this moment, I'm, I'm processing a big piece, you know, I process big right. to small, so for yep. me, I'm processing the big right now, so for me, mm-hmm. I, I don't like that instant, like you said, that instant response, it doesn't do it for me, that's, that's not allowing me space to process to get to that point of, here we are, you know, so, and I think those are things that, like, nobody's like I said like with the lunches nobody's doing this with the intention of keeping people like myself out of the community or making it harder for us it's just there are those of us who need to also be considered you know protection and safety goes both ways it's it's like I said you can't be safe if you can't be uh, you don't have access to that safe space that that security right and if we don't get that space and make it available for people or we require people to work above and beyond you know, in any way, shape or form, we're not allowing them safety. You know, it's just like, if you, if you got to try to sleep standing up, <laughs> it's a much worse night's rest than if you got to sleep lying down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're just trying to find a way for everybody to lie down and get comfortable in the bed. Cause the bed is definitely big enough. The kinky bed right. is way big enough for all of us. Uh, we just need to make some moose and pillows and blankets and sheets around. So that's, that's really what I got into. And it, that, you know, I, I generally wanted to do kink education uh, and as I did that uh, a little bit more on Instagram, um, you know, the neurodiversity kind of became a thing that people responded to that I enjoyed. It kind of organically just came of this algorithm-based <laughs> media mm-hmm. consumption environment we live in where it was something people were hungry for. And then the pandemic hit and suddenly mm-hmm. it was, it's a pop culture topic now. Uh, it's, it's a going topic. It's something where, you know, I know 
autistic and, and ADHD and neurodivergent people and maybe people are on the fringes, people with OCD or people with some of the things that would be like dark personality. Because we're talking about neurodiversity, we're not just talking ADHD, autism, brain, you know, like those are the two that come up because they're the most prevalent. But we're talking about the grand neurodiversity of how everybody's brain works, right? Nobody's born and makes choices about how your brain works. Your brain just works. Mm -hmm. It does its thing. And that's that's why we, we kind of talk about neurodiversity in that way of saying this idea of there's a right way for a brain to work in a wrong way is silly because we know that just period, we know that's false. <laughs> Even if you're just talking about people who don't fall under the neurodivergent spectrum, that's just false. Brains all work differently. So that's that's really what I wanted to, to get into and really focus on is a, a way to make this place safe that's not just focused on how do we prevent predators and abusers from coming in, but how do we also make sure that people understand that we're going outside of just that to prevent accidental harm or prevent, you know, that sense of, of being left out or, or cut out in the cold, you know, because that's what I see a lot of times when you see those people on FetLife or, you know, on, on Reddit or somewhere, and they're just bitching about how ridiculous or petty or cliquish people are in the community. A lot of the times I poke back and I poke back and I go, you're neurodivergent, your community is not doing a lot to help you out there. Um, and that's making it harder for you. And because of the trauma you've undergone, just over and over again, you're now seeing that as a much bigger problem than it is. Mm -hmm. And that makes it very real for you. Whether or not it's happening outside you, that makes it real for you. And that prevents you from getting inside. So that's why I wanted to talk more mm. on my channel and, and use my voice and platform to talk about the ways we can make kink accessible to people just across the board. And I'm not just talking about, you know, ableism and disabled people. Obviously, that's a big part of it. But, you know, even down to, to money and cost and, um, you know, location. <laughs> uh, you know, I live, I moved from LA out to the desert and man, loca location changes only, it's only two hour difference, but it's made my entire kink world absolutely different. Um, mm. so yeah, that, that, that's what I was doing. And, and that's kind of where I got into it. And then, yeah, just kind of, I got my own voice and I like doing what I do the way that I do it. And, uh, was fortunate to have a mother who <laughs> treated me like a little, uh, a little prince growing up. And so when I grew up, I got to be uh, I feel pretty confident doing that. So I like to put my voice out there for other people like me and, and be open and honest about my insecurities and my struggles and stuff so that people can see, you know, because people that love neurodivergent people and people that are neurodivergent can see, hey, we all got the same stuff going on, but there's somebody out there with a face and a voice who's heard, who's respected, who, who gets to play, who gets to go to parties, who's part of this. And they're just like you and they're fighting for you and they want you here. So that's, that's right long long rambling version of, of the answer that's that kind of question that topic was that's that's really what brought me here is that that need to find people like me who really mm -hmm. wanted to be a part of things and maybe didn't have the luck of the draw that i had to run across the people i did um and give them a chance to say hey i i recognize the things that i got that i did nothing for other than show up and i want you to have a space where you can just show up and feel comfortable with that because that's how it goes for a lot of people if you're not right you know, off the beaten path and you're more mainstream. You show up, <laughs> you do a few things, you're part of the community and you're moving forward. For us, there's a lot more steps. And mm. I, you know, I like to, I like to, I want to make it so that autistic and, and neuro, just neurodivergent people in general, but definitely autism is a big focus, uh, have, have a space for that. So, mm. yeah. Anyhow, well, that was a lot. <laughs> no, it, it really makes me think because it just like, I'm thinking of like the munch model, like, as a leader or as a steward in a BDSM community, like how we could say like we're inclusive and then also take an extra step to when we know somebody has these special needs for lack of a better word, really coming, showing up for them and being like, what can we do 
to make this better for you? What can we do? You know, yeah. like it just, there's not a service top amongst any community that wouldn't resonate with that <laughs> and understand that, you know, yeah. like it just, it, it, it makes sense. It's just, yeah. it's very weird to me. Like, huh, why don't we have more inclusive yeah. spaces for? And I think it's, I, I, I think part of it is just, you know, doing that, running, running those types of events is exhausting. Like that's a hard thing to do, just period, hands down. You know, most of the people who run those events are, are doing an, an amount of work and have to have to overcome a certain amount of social energy output that is required. And that comes with the safety and the security However, I do think, like you said, there's a lot of spaces where that that becomes an easy excuse for just not picking up those pieces. And so I think, you know, there's there's some part of it of, that I do understand of like, hey, you're different. We're not sure what's going on with you. We want to make sure we have a space for you, but also we don't know you, <laughs> you know, and we're yeah. welcoming you into our community where we get naked and do weird stuff that, you know, even the internet's not cool with sometimes, you know, but, but also it, we want you to be able to be part of that too, you know, so it is- right. It is kind of a give and take, you know, and I think that's that's something that I, you know, and I, even I, I don't always have solutions for these things. I have people who, you know, I'm, I'm a loudmouth about it. And therefore, if you're loudmouth on the internet, everyone assumes you're the expert. I am by no means an accessibility expert. That bad teacher's probably uh, got more professional qualifications on that front than I do. But I'm just somebody who lives this way and thinks about design a lot uh, as part of my, my day job. Right. And you know, so I I, I I have questions that I'm not even sure. I don't fucking know how to answer these questions sometimes. But I think that down at the end of it, like we do, we go off to kind of meet each other in the middle somewhere and figure out. And I think part of it's just that we as a kink world, I don't know, communities, whatever you want to call it, the kink, kink kind of ephemera that is spread throughout the world has changed and grown so much in the last few years that I think a lot of it's just that part of that's growing pains and part of it's just when you have a subculture idea that grows into a, a larger, you know, maybe meta subculture, you know, if you will, uh, which is what right. kink is becoming. Kink is becoming this larger, it's doing what, you know, the goth culture did in the eighties and nineties and punk and the same thing. It's become this larger main, more mainstream thing. And as it does that, you know, that, that those values shift because you're no longer having to protect from the same groups in those small subcultures, but you still have a lot of marginalization going on within you, those. So it gets you, confusing. Would you say that, um, we can kind of blame social media like instagram <laughs> and tiktok for, for giving yeah giving that marginalization a space i mean yeah I just... I, I, yeah i mean i think just like just like all communication mediums they're tools but obviously i think the big challenge there is just scale right instead of I can tell 10 people about my day uh if i'm lucky today it's like i can i can hop on right now and have 200 people know that we're doing a podcast, you know, and that's not necessarily relevant to their lives right now, but I have the power to do that. So I do think that that piece and that desire to be a part of a community. And I think that the, like it's the, the huge influx of, of new people about five, six years ago, um, that really changed the way that people think about this, you know, and, and I think social media has a big part. Of I, it because, I just mean the accessibility aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like you yeah. don't even have to go to a munch anymore. Oh you yeah. Can jump on TikTok and hear somebody wax poetic about flogging with a demo. Yeah. Within minutes, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a different, if a different world there. I, that, uh, that's an accessibility in a different avenue there's sometimes almost too much accessibility when you're new and you get on the internet or you get on social media and you're bombarded with all of these things and 
that's what we talked about a little bit in our education episode. And what we said that Aaron does really well is the transparency between, you know, who you are, what your struggles are, what you're going through. Like that's part of getting, that's part of getting what you need as well as like knowing the things that you need and being able to talk about them and make space for those things. Yep. Well, so. and I think when you are neurodivergent, one of the best things you can learn is advocating for yourself. That's hard. King, King so hard. helps you that. But King, King helps. Yes, King absolutely. Really helps absolutely. to like integrate that into your life. And it just like, for me, like growing up, like I did horrible in school. And once they found out I was dyslexic and I started taking my tests orally senior year, I started getting C's that, you know, like it yeah. just, it was so crazy the change and that's like okay well, let's get you to college and like forget like let's see what kind of yeah. application we can get you there circa whatever year you know mm -hmm. and it just yeah. now like it's so easy now to be set up for success yeah in any large scale education or kink both because yeah we reach out to these people and ask what they need. We make accommodations for this, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And that's, it has changed. Well, I think, I think social media, I mean, you're talking about accessibility and social media is a good example because with social media, the goal is of course, every single person should be on there sharing their lives. Right. Like if you're just thinking from the company's goal, right. They design it so that people, and that's why social media companies, oftentimes do end up pushing forward accessibility technologies. It's not necessarily for the reasons that we in the disabled community love or the neurodiversity right. community love, right? It's just to take more of our data to sell us more shit. Um, I like to joke that Facebook is basically built off the minds of ADHD people. We taught them how to make Facebook work, right? So like it's, it, that sucks, but you know, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok have done massively wonderful things for like auto captioning. Right. And the ability to have accessibility for communities to put together and, and to come right. together. And, and that's what I wanted to do. You know, I, I work in tech. I understand how those pieces work, how the engineers and developers, how the business pieces work. And so I want to come into that with that mindset. But I don't think most people do because it's just kind of social media is like hopping on a river and you have got a life raft and you're just you're flowing down the river. You don't know how to get in and out of the river and, and you're not you're not used to boating. You're not in a motorboat or anything you're just kind of swimming down the river and until you understand how the water works in the river you don't you don't think facebook knew like not conspiracy theory or anything but like they knew that neurodivergent people were more brilliant thinkers for social media aspects than just the regular like guy that you could have hired at like for you know i worked for the raincoat company for 46 years <laughs> yeah you know like yeah like, no like mark Zuckerberg seeing yeah. that this new generation of neurodiversity and using it to his advantage that it's just it's a brain. We, I was just gonna say it's like a generational thing. They're really a product, you know, producing yeah. off of our generational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Issues. You right? Like. Yeah. But is it the normalization of that? You know, because it is our generation that got the ADDs, got the dyslexias, got the to a deeper degree autism spectrum. During a time yeah, too, when all of that was not, not identified, not being addressed properly. Like you didn't start getting yeah. services until, you know what I mean? I think yeah. like I was, I was, I mean, I was, I was, when I was a little kid, I was diagnosed as PDD. It wasn't autism. Mm -hmm. Wasn't same, same. Yeah, ADD it, was the blanket term. ADD and PDD. And, and it was just kind yep. of like their brain is, they're different. I don't know. They don't right. like to sit still. 
They don't like to talk to other kids the same way. They have weird freakouts. We don't understand what's going on. I just know that he really wants his t-shirt cut off or yeah, I just, I just know that she really gets bothered when people touch her, you know? Right. So like, even, you know, at that point in time, it was kind of like, we know something's up. We're just trying to figure out what it is. I, I, you know, I, it's, I think it's a perfect storm of history where it's just so many different pieces coming together that are both incidental, accidental, but also, you know, driven and intentional on this desire for progress, human brain, always working that way. Uh, that, that kind of come together and coalesced into this kind of perfect storm we have now in the neurodiversity movement of, you know, just, just the way it works. You know, I think it, a lot of it comes down to like you said, better understanding of what's going on uh, and better, better research into those, what we call soft sciences, the things that are not e as easy to observe and understand and being willing to kind of step out of the usual observational right. speed, you know, the right. empiricism. Empiricism drives a lot of what makes us go on a day-to-day -day basis, the things we can see and observe and test on our own. But like a lot of science and thought and, and medicine and all this stuff has gone outside of empiricism into this abstract that is so difficult for like, like you and I can talk string theory all day, but if we sit down and try to do string theory, we'd be fucking lost because I don't yeah. think either of us are, you know, proficient right. at a PhD level for differential equations, right? I have so like, dental floss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> I don't exactly. have string, but we're almost there. We have so we all have this like Bill Nye of the science guy level understanding uh -huh. of everything, you know, we're like, mm. we could do much with it if we wanted to, but we could at least kind of, I, I like to say uh, fan fiction, the universe a little bit um, is what I call it. So we, you know, it's taking the pieces that we know and pieces that we don't know and coming up with an idea that feels cohesive, right? So all we're doing is fan fictioning the universe with a lot of this stuff. And a lot of stuff, even the experts still don't know, you know, there's still who the fuck knows what exactly, you know, they're, they're still trying to figure out what exactly the difference between autism and ADHD are on like a, not just an observational level, right? But on a functional core level, they're still trying, there's still a lot of question marks there of what those two things right. are, you know? Right. And like how, how difference is, what, how, how big is the difference between like, and bear with me here, because I, I, a lot of people get uncomfortable when I say this, but um, the, the separation that comes from being autistic, there's a certain amount of disconnect from people. Like I still love mm -hmm. people, I still connect with people, but there's a certain amount of processing that has to happen when it comes to feelings and what is sociopath experiences where there is an yeah. actual part of their, their experience that doesn't experience those feelings differently or sure. the same as, as other people would experience them. Sure. So like how, how big of a difference is there in that? Is it just in how we see it or is it actually in how it actually impacts our lives? You know, and that's not to say like, well, autistics or, or sociopaths, but it's just, it's just, we're, we're, we're building a more cohesive and nuanced understanding of how these things work. That isn't so black and white, good bad working broken you know it's just it's right. more of a that's what neurodiversity is about there's not a broken brain they're just different and what your brain does in the universe is what we're actually focusing on well you know? and two like it could give credence to the fact that it's less of a linear thing and more of a cyclical thing you know how it's like what high functioning means tuned this way could be autism and tuned that way it could be sociopath it could be exactly. narcissism you know yeah. like it just i think that there's only so many places it can go but we're not even to the place where we know how far <laughs> exactly that that and again a spectrum kind of means like it's only going in a cyclical nature and it stops and starts but i think it's definitely more of a circle yeah, it, it, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does kind of come up with that, that idea of the, the, the knobs is actually a pretty popular idea of instead of just having a single spectrum of you're either here or here or here, but yeah. you have like a, a control board of just different function. And like I said, that's all we're talking about is how this part, your brain, the inside part 
mm-hmm. interacts with the world, right? You know, whether it's what you experience or what others experience. That's all we're talking about, right? right? When we're talking about neurodiversity, where we're, I mean, there's all, all sorts of other things going on, but when we're really having that conversation, that's just what we're talking. This here, <laughs> you and yeah. me talking. That's neurodiversity mm-hmm. is the focus of this interaction. And, and right. so when you 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 get into that, yeah, there's all sorts of places where there's knobs and dials, right? I'm I'm very good at understanding, being able to read and understand where people are at, and being able to to take in, you know, and be uh, emotionally connected to them in a way that is sympathetic. If I feel that way about a person, right? But some mm-hmm. autistic people, their empathy and sympathy is turned way down. It doesn't. It's harder for them to connect. It doesn't mean they don't care. It just means that you know they're at a different place. But then, at what point do we turn that dial, and then that dial becomes something different, you know, or you know, well, autism I think and ADHD that comes with advocation. Yeah. I think that yeah. comes with advocation where it's like, you don't know it's a problem until your partner or a good friend of yours is like, hey, I love you, but it doesn't seem like you love me as much. It doesn't yeah. seem like you care as much. Like just questioning that, not being afraid to question that, you yeah, know? And, and again, that might be my... Yeah place on the spectrum to just be no bullshit and go right to you know, like what the that's fuck? me yeah that's me. like same yeah same. yeah and it's same. yeah and it's and, and, and you know and, and tying back that that back to kink i mean that that i think kink requires a lot of self-examination which is something that is both hard but also very appealing for neurodivergent people where you require i mean you, you kind of have to every single time you have a play time experience process dynamic whatever you're you're constantly in order for that to maintain a healthy balance you have to be self-aware and, and kind of looking inward all, the whole time and like you said that advocacy like i for me like i grew up around my whole family's fucking autistic so so like uh, of, of my three sisters two are also autistic i have you know five nephews and nieces on the spectrum I have you know my my children so like it's it's just for me it's just normal and like you said it doesn't make sense to me that that's anything different until I step into a different setting well right I I I know exactly what that feels like and it just I think that like recently I had to call someone out on something and it was just my concern over the fact that there was going to be a consent violation lodged was mistook by them as like some sort of freak out that I was like, you know, and it's just like, I was just yeah. as concerned about their reputation as they were. And I had to advocate for the fact that it's like, dude, I can't do this through text. I can't give you the whole story of what went yep. down. You need to call me now. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause right. it just, it's so, and it just, the fact that I couldn't meet them in text made it like they were just like what's wrong why can't we touch like i don't have time for this yeah. it's just like i'm sorry you can't meet me where i'm at like that hurt me the most out of the whole situation that they wouldn't make the effort yeah, to like, try to understand you in a way that you were saying at all at all and it's just like finally we got to a point where it's like i'd be ready for a phone call at some point we got there but it just it it, it could have been so much earlier when there's like you know what you've said that i've heard you say that about i get that let's hold off let's wait until i can meet you where you need to be met yeah that's all it would have taken yeah and, and i think uh, I, yeah I, and i think that's like a valid thing that like i mean we we al you and i go through that all the time every once in a while where, where one of us wants to communicate one way and the other person's not ready to take that communication in you know and, and that's just that's a common thing in my relationships and it's hard because you do want 
you know, that kind of sense of, of, of closure on something, or you do want to be able to express yourself and it's not always there. And I think that's something that, that, you know, we're, we're working on in kink. And I think that, that, because I mean, wrapping this around a kink, we've definitely gone, uh, laugh in the woods, but, but, you know, like you said, that, that self-advocacy is an important thing. And I think that comes in and plays a big role in kink. And that's something I, I like to talk about a lot because those, those things do help you grow in, in both ways, right? Your ability to self-advocate for your personal needs grows your kink needs, your, right. your ability to do that in kink and vice versa. And a good negotiation in kink makes me feel confident going right. into work and negotiating for my needs, you right. know, because, and it is a negotiation that, that I, I, you know, I, I, I don't always love to, to put that out there like that, but right now, just pragmatically, realistically, when you're advocating for your needs, it is kind of a negotiation because yeah, all the needs are different and there's not the tools available to bridge those gaps always. You know, and there's there are certain tools that make it easier. You know, uh, my mom and I use Google Duo because she's like you. She likes to talk. She needs to talk it out. She needs to have video chat and talk. But it takes me a while to process those things, right? It takes me. It's it's, it's a lot of work for me to do. And there's a lot of times where I just can't do that. So I use Google Duo because she can leave me a video message, and then I can respond in text, and then she can video message back, and that, that just makes it easy. But those tools are. Not always available for right. all the different needs that we have, and I think that's really when we're talking about accessibility. You know, it's just one of those things. It's not just you know neurotypical well, or neurodivergent people who use Google Duo. Everybody no, uses Google are, Duo, yeah. you know. And I think too, like again, like hearing people when they say, "Hey, I need you to meet me at this place," and then whatever heat there is between you, if there is any, or whatever communication breakdown there is like removing yourself from them be like let's find a way that we can make this work yeah you know yeah. and it's it really just, it, the connection that i feel to someone that if they take the time out of their day to think about that or to really like make an effort to meet me at that place and understand that if you're going to send me a bible text it's going to take me five days to respond <laughs> and if you're needing a response now what the fuck is going on now it just yeah i've always said that i've always said i just i can't do that yeah my now is my now we hear you Mayberry. Exactly. Yeah, well, well, so so in kink communication is obviously the big cornerstone of what we do. So knowing your communication style, being able to advocate for it. And then when you are, you do have a partner or a friend or anyone, I mean, it's good for people who are going to be in your life to know how to communicate with you best. When you find right. that you're on opposite ends of that, you figure out ways to get around it. Like Aaron was just talking about, you know, you do voice to text, you do voice notes, you like switch around to get the communication where it needs to be and finding someone that's willing to make those adaptations for you and isn't going to do it begrudgingly and is like more than happy to you know mm -hmm. while still getting what you you know what you need as well and being able to say like look i need to hear your voice every once in a while or um you know when it's something when it's something really important we should try to have it over text so we know what we're saying or just like putting those safeguards in for communication i mean especially long distance but real obviously anytime yeah yeah i mean anytime that you're not face to face with someone for me it's just easier I don't yeah. know. It's everyone everyone is so different. Yeah. Everyone is everyone so is different. different. Yeah. yeah. But just it's, knowing it's, that for yourself, you both you know know your communication yeah. styles and you're able to advocate for it and and you have plans and how to make it happen and all that. 
Well, that's right. like that's that's like a basic that that's like part of my negotiations. Yeah. Anytime I play, like it's even you know I I volunteer at events where I do tasting, and it's like these are brand new people. They've never been to a dungeon before, and our role is to kind of lead them through what a negotiation looks like. And one of the things that I really love doing is bringing in, do you have anything like that for me to consider? You know, I tell them, hey, I'm autistic. I need you to be direct. If you say stop, yes. no, whatever, my brain's first thought is stop, no, whatever. And when we're in that space of play, that's where my brain goes, I'm going to stop, I'm going to check in. All right. So I tell them that like, hey, if you're a stop doesn't mean no person, we're not going to do that today because <laughs> right. I can't, I cannot do that. And if you want to get there, we have to take some time to get there because I great don't point. have that. Great, you know? great point, Aaron. And so I open yeah. that up for that dialogue of like, hey, are there anything like that where, you know, and it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's one of those things of like, you know, just, should I stop when they say stop? It doesn't seem like a big deal, but like, that's one of those things that can cause massive dissatisfaction in someone. Right. Like, I, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, Archie, you, you probably had people mm -hmm. come to you before who are like, hey, my partner doesn't push far enough or I don't get to go as hard as I want to, you know, or I, I say stop and it freaks them out or I start crying or whatever. And mm -hmm. so you want to have space for those darker places, but also those darker places look to me exactly like other dark places that I don't want to go because they hurt people. Right. So for me, like I have to have that conversation just for the get go. I, you know, I think the even... recognition too of the fact that there, there is a plate like, I think with our brains, the way they work, and I don't mean to speak for you on this, but I think that it's probably true that the darker places are easier for us to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and easier for us to like take the stigma away from and go there with people because we are so direct. It's just yeah. like, you want to talk about incest? I am so down to talk about incest, you know? Let's because, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and people, I, I, like, <laughs> people are so taken aback, back foot. They're just like, wait, what? Like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, it's like, you know, and like my enthusiasm about such hard <laughs> things. And they're just like, mm -hmm. wow, like, get a load of this guy.jpg, like, all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there's safety having people that take that stigma away and so willing to go dark so quickly, you know, because yeah. the other stuff, however nice it may be just doesn't work for us as well you know like yeah. it's some people's bag but it just it doesn't you know so I, i've found that in community the dark players the people that are dark like nine times out of ten are ner like autistic people and yeah. yeah people that just yeah aren't afraid to go there unapologetically and i just yeah I, I, you're giving me a lot of hope that there are other people that oh yeah absolutely can say the things that they you know that's, that's why that's, i followed you that's why i saw absolutely you. that's exactly what, that that's what i want is that's, that's so i'm glad to hear that you're, you feel that way because like i think that, that's that's no, actually okay. yeah <laughs> uh well and that's something at ferris oxide uh rusty who is uh they're a, another autistic neurodivergent creator uh and leather person and who the person in here in southern california who i adore uh we talk a lot and they've talked a lot about how autism uh is a need for familiarity and consistency but adhd is a need for novelty and the way those two things interplay because I, I i've got both right here, <laughs> right here. yep and and guy. so it's like yeah you need you need that kind of like yeah so it's like one of those things like i'm one of those people who like if we're gonna have a play session it's about me I'm sending you like, here's all these things we're going to do. 
right? If it's about you, then I'm a lot more open, whatever, right? But, yeah. but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm here for something new and exciting. Yep. But make, make, surprise yep. me, shock me, get yep. me. And I think One, that dark spaces allow us that, yep. push that button we need to push, yeah. right? That is, that oh, is something is new and interesting and, and tingly. Yep. It <laughs> has know? brought me nothing but excitement in the pro dom yeah. things that I've done. Every, yeah. every pro dom client I've ever seen, be it on Night Flirt or in real life that is 100 percent my like i'm just so not afraid to go there it's just yeah. so funny that it's yeah. just and it's it's yeah and i think that you're giving that is just blowing my <laughs> mind a little bit I'm like yes well because it's it. it's like well because i mean we we, we uh, i've recently been talking to more people about autistic morality because i think that's an interesting thing and i think that's something people pick up on me a lot and it's something that I didn't realize other people didn't know. Uh, it's like you said, being in a neurodivergent mind, you don't always realize how different other people think. And for me, outcomes are more important than like intent. It's more important, you know, ends don't necessarily justify the mean or the means don't necessarily justify the sorry, ends don't necessarily justify the means. There we go. Uh, but we are a lot more forgiving about the means if the ends are effective, right? So if you hate me and you want to take my life down and you accidentally win me the lottery, <coughs> I'm happy about that. Right. Uh, but if you're trying to help me win the lottery and accidentally screw my life up because you didn't take the second to be considerate about me, that's a, I, it's great. I have lots of money now, but my life is screwed up, you know? So when you're, you know, and that's part of that's just the, the fact that for us, for me, especially, I'll, I'll speak mostly on my brain because we're talking about neurodiversity. So I'll be self-focused. Um, you know, I think top down when I think about things just universally. So I think big picture down to small picture. Sure. So, and I think other people think small picture up to big picture. So when, like you mentioned, incest um, is a good one. I've, I've got incest, a familial history of incest. So there's actual real trauma there for me, but it's also something I don't mind talking about because for me, when I think incest, I think the broad topic of what everyone in the entire world is thinking of under the large umbrella of incest. And that includes a porn star and a porn star who have never met each other before pretending to be brother and stepbrother and stepsister in porn, right? right? All right. the way down to actual mm-hmm. harmful abuse, right? right? So like you said, I think that when people say that mind word, a lot of people hear incest and the first thought they have is the first thing they think of, which is, have you done that with a family member? But yeah. you know, it's just one of those things of like, Weird. well, okay. Like, I found that with a sex worker. Yeah, I found that yeah, with the word let's, sex let's, worker. Like let's when back I ourselves tell off people- from that. Yeah, when I tell people I'm a sex worker, you can tell the people that immediately that think prostitute. Yeah. You can tell. Like, I'm flattered. Thank you. Like, <laughs> but, you know, like, I can yeah, $10,000 like, a day. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. but yeah, and it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting to just be like, and the people that then tell me more, you know, exactly. like like mm-hmm. cut themselves off for making any reservation and be like, I want to hear it directly from you before I make my judgment. And that, yeah. that is something that, although it may not be accessibility per se, the older generation has done a very good job. Uh, like the older people I know yeah, that when I tell them that they're just like, okay, tell me more. Like that's yeah. their way of just being like, okay, I'm going to stop judgment yeah. and just let you keep talking and tell me and educate me about this because I'm peaked, you yeah. know? So. And that's, that's just how I am. I, I want, I want you to tell me, you know, and if, if we get down mm-hmm. that path and all of a sudden you're talking about something and I'm like, that's, that's harmful, you know? Yeah. Cause like for me, I don't even, I don't even think of people as bad or good for me. It's just what your, what the impact is. Agreed. You can, 
you agreed can, you 100%. can be the best person in the world and fuck yep. somebody's life up and i don't yep. like you anymore you know yeah. um and i still love you i still care about you i want you to be better and if you are better that's great you know for me that's one right. of those things like that's how my morality works in my head right. it's it's you're doing stuff right now you're you're in like you said right now is my right now uh, we're in that right now and what you're doing right now sucks but that doesn't mean you can't change as a person and so I think right. that that comes in. But I think, you know, neurodiversity is also recognizing the other side of that, which is that there are people out there where those things do have well, negative impacts just funny. bringing them up, you know? It's funny it's, because for me, like, it impacts my work because I end up being the voice of reality in people's fantasy lives. Mm-hmm. So I'll have guys that are obviously jerking off and just, I want you to do this. And it's like, well, technically, that wouldn't work. <laughs> but <laughs> the way we could do it if it were to be as easy as that, is this, 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 and this. And these guys are just like, it is too technical. <laughs> I just want the yeah. shorthand version. I yeah. just want the right. I just want the buzzword. I just want the one word yeah, I, taboo thing. I that need I that word. Yeah, repeat yeah. over and over and over again while I fucking come on now bro yeah open your mind a little bit but the yeah. ones that do like give me that playground to be like okay like what kind of fucked up shit can we work with here you know like where can we go if yeah, i can, can we do? tell a quick story and this is a story that i haven't told many people and people are gonna love that i'm doing this on this podcast but this guy called me and he was so proud that he had had his asshole busted out by fisting and just ruined and just fucking goats. He had nothing on this dude. Like this guy was so like just loose fucking pussy. And he was so happy to like, just humiliate himself by like admitting that to sex workers. He was just like, yeah, yeah. I just, it's so loose. It's so fucking useless, bro. What do you fucking think of that? And I'm just like useless. Now there's an interesting fucking word. There's an interesting word. Mm -hmm. So I had him walk the next day. I'm like, I want you to take a walk tomorrow. And I want you to tell me, look on the ground. And I want you to tell me what you see and call me back. And he's like, okay, I'll do that, sir. And I'm like, okay. So he called me back the next day. And I'm like, what did you see on the ground? Spending all day on the ground, like the fucking pig that you are, the snake, whatever the fuck. And he's just like, I saw a lot of cigarette butts. I saw some fucking trash. I saw some other stuff. Why? What What are you getting at, sir? What are you, what are you trying? What does this have to do? And I'm like, because we're finding use for the useless. And yeah. tomorrow, I want you to pick up those cigarette butts. And I want you to pick up that trash and bring it back and call me. He brought it back and he called me. And he's like, I have about 23 cigarette butts. And I have some newspaper. I have some broken glass. I have some whatever the fuck. I'm like, okay. And I proceeded to have him take every cigarette butt that he found and stuffed it up his ass. <laughs> and we made a trash can of that asshole. You can make it, you can make anything out of anything with a little creativity. Exactly. So <laughs> once, once his pussy started smelling like an ashtray, then, then he felt useless. Because his boyfriend didn't even want to fuck him then. He was like, he, <laughs> he at least wanted to fuck me before all this. Now he doesn't even want to fuck me because the smell of this trash up there is just, it's just too much. 
too much for him to deal with. And I'm I like, understand. And, how does that, <laughs> and I'm like, and how does that make you feel? And he fucking loved it. Oh, he was useless. So, yeah. He was so much happier being like having to tell people now that he's like, now my boyfriend won't even fuck me because I have cigarette butts. Like it was just, it was so, it was so funny. That's great. I love yeah. it. That's what I love but, about neurodivergent people and kink is because like we 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 chase those rabbits all the yes, way down. Yes. We we, yes. we we don't stop just because it's tight in the hole. We, that's just one. We will keep going down until we reach yeah. the rabbit, the bottom yeah. of the rabbit hole. We will yes. go all the way down. Yep. And that's that is. Is like yeah, I've had plenty of situations like that where like a word or, or an idea sticks in my mind and I'm like fuck it, we're gonna play. This is I'm focused on this, and I think that's that is, a great part of what neurodiversity brings. To that is it, it opens all, those, all the doors up. Everything. That is. 100% of the reason that I play the way I play. Yeah. It's just the ingenuity and creativity and playground for fucked upness in every form, consensually, of course, yeah. but just really finding the people that are game for that type of thing. Like it just with this, with Trash Pussy, how I call him, like just the obedience of <laughs> like it, taking everything so seriously and like taking the walk and looking on the ground. Well, when no they don't thing. know the end game, you know what I mean? They want to, sometimes yeah. they want to see it through and be like, what are you right. thinking? You know, right. and just that, the things he noticed when he looked on the ground and just people don't spend time on the ground. They look ahead. They look straight ahead. So it's just like, I don't, but to put someone in my shoes to be like, what do you see when you look on the ground? I find yeah. change. I find cool things on the ground. You know, what are you going to find? Like what's exactly. in your area in Delaware or wherever the fuck he was, it just, <laughs> you know, in your little square mile, what are you going to see on your walk of the day? Those little steps really turned him on too, because he was super just like, he knew he was doing something for me and pleasing me by coming back. And the praise he got for taking yeah. a walk and looking on the ground. He's like, I, I like that. That was good. <laughs> That's like, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. The roller coaster is approaching height before we plunge and take your stomach out of your system. So we, we all need those simple affirmations right there. Right, you know? right. All for Master Arch, none for Slave. That's the only affirmation <laughs> anyone needs anyone needs. exactly but exactly. no it, it's it's just it's very interesting you do say that and yeah not only do we jump down the rabbit hole we know the exact parameters of the rabbit hole we know oh, yeah. what the plant we know everything and we're and, into the rabbit hole itself right you know right like, oh, yeah, right it's this big like three meters down it's about this big and then it gets really small but it opens wide up after that and right. like we know exactly how to navigate right. that because that's right. just what we're doing all day in our heads but in our for lives slave, you know? but for bottoms and subs and slaves and whoever that submits to that fucked up admiss it is so life-changing yeah to them and i love leaving that impact i love leaving that lasting story of like yeah guys are going to do a lot of things to you Guys are going to do a lot of things, you know, and it just making creative ways to do things better, you yeah. know, and just, yeah, the submitting to the fucked up and the people that bought them to us, man, God bless them. Well, and I, I, I know a lot of neurodivergent bottoms are the same thing. We like, I have a friend, I like to joke, we have a yeah. button. Because we yeah. like, if it's fucked up, if it's trashy, if it's going to make somebody uncomfortable and it turns us on. We're, we're both all about pushing that button. And so we talk right. about that, that button and, right. you know, there's, there's bottoms and switches and submissives and, and you know, everyone on the, and all over the slash who are like, I also have 
button. I want that button too. Mm-hmm. And I met some people who were like, hey, so flogging, have you ever flogged anybody with like barbed wire? And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I use exactly. those like leather barbed Like, no, exactly. no, no. I want you to go get some uh, razor wire. Yeah, no. And I want you to I... flog me with it. And it's like, cool, okay. Yeah. I mean, let's, yep. first of all, we're gonna have to figure out how to do this. Yep. Yep. For the <laughs> longest time. that's not just gonna time. happen, but. Yeah, for the longest yeah. time, people ask me, they're like, do you do bondage? And I'm just like, no, because I don't. I think rope is boring as fuck. <laughs> I think it takes way too long. It just, it's intricate, great, cool, awesome, but I just, it's boring. It doesn't always, do anything. I always tell the ADD talks because so, they're, they're just like, rope right. is like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So get your people, cuffs on, go put your cuffs on. It's right, fun. right. People will be like, then what do you do to restrain people? And it's like, I will wrap you in barbed wire and razor wire. I guarantee you will not move. Yeah. There are you know? plenty just, of other ways. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and it just, my head always went there naturally it just it doesn't have an opportunity to be like well in my experience i've done a lot of rigging and i've given that a lot of thought i've come to the no it's like fuck that dude take it to razor wire immediately (laughs) (laughs) immediately yeah dude they're like like i don't know how we're gonna warm you up to that like that's (laughs) not mine like i just thought of this like we found a way to keep you immobile and not moving I we're don't just know gonna what, we're gonna yeah, make you watch the first yeah. 10 minutes of saving private ryan right that'll get right, you that's, that's the, the closest thing we can do to get yeah, you warmed up there right yeah right and that's i mean but that's exactly it and i think that's that is that is that neurodivergent mind of, of processing differently than what we're used to that that comes with that you know it's like one of my least favorite things in the entire world is somebody is like well i got in trouble are you gonna spank me and i'm like Spanking has never been a part of punishment with me. Like maybe within no. a scene or maybe within a different thing, you know, but I'm not a person who's like, let's spank for punishment because nobody ever dated doesn't like spankings enough for them to be right. a negative right. consequence. So for me, right. like, that's always like, okay. Like you could also just say, I want you to spank me. Um, you know, I don't mind brat play. I don't mind poking at me until I respond a little bit, but like, that's, that's not going to work for me. Let's talk about punishment. Okay. You're being mouthy. Well, now the rule is you have to tell me everything that ever comes to mind for the whole day. And let's well, see how that goes for you when we're at the grocery store, you know? Like, and see, that's where it gets tricky for me because like brats that do that, my immediate go-to response is to slap them across the face. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can't just do that with everybody I wanna all the time. I want to wring your fucking neck. Yeah. You think this point. is adorable right now. <laughs> I want to fucking murder you. Yep. You know? And, and it just... That's what rap uh, play is, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, people don't people don't consent to it all yeah. the time. Sometimes into it's a consensual nothing thing. to do with that. Yeah, into nothing to do with that. I am all good. Test well, that's that. everybody. <laughs> that's knowing where you're at, and that's the exactly. express. That's the expressive communication part of it that we just talked a lot about. But there's also the the receptive part of it. So I bet your client didn't realize that you were going to pick out the word useless and build a whole experience around that one word. Not at all. But we are really attached to our adjectives, things like useless, impersonal, like the way we describe the things that we want to do. And through what I do as an emotional sadist, I provide people an experience around an emotion. So if you want to feel useless, we'll get you to that feeling. We -hmm. just have to find out what we can do because it just like guys with just heavy degradation kinks it's like degrade me it's like okay like i can call you things but like 
how can I really make you feel this? Exactly. How can I really make you feel like you've what already is that done? To you? Yeah. And it's like, you've already done stuff in your life, at least with the old guard. It's like, you've already done stuff in your life that is borderline health risk. Anything <laughs> that I do to you is, yeah. is just you reenacting that or wishing like it just, I don't know, unless you're deep, deep within yourself, because I know a guy that fetishizes messes to the nth degree like he'll send me pictures on night flirt of traffic jams and be like beaten off it's like <laughs> of course you're just endless pictures of traffic jam. how horny are traffic jams let's talk about that for a minute mm-hmm. it's like okay, I, live in, let's... I live in la i used to commute they're yeah. very not horny <laughs> but but here but that's the thing the the mess yeah. is what turns him on And not only that, he has participated in subculture ritual of playing in mud pits, playing in shit pits, you know? So it just like, where, where do you go from? Like, it just, you think I'm going to think of something way inventive here after you've done that? Like, no, like, it's that that novelty, that novelty button. You need that novelty. And it, it, like, like you said, it doesn't just go with me, like my experiences, right? Right. Maybe I've never used a traffic jam as an opportunity to play with someone's, you know, traffic fetish or mess fetish. But if they've already done that, there is that sense of loss of novelty to me as well. And that's something that I think, yeah, it's, it's, we're talking with Rusty about this. I think they, they make the point that that's, you know, that's a, that's a double-edged sword in a sense. You know, that, that, that need for both is a double-edged sword because it can lead to the kind of behaviors where you do end up going and doing things that are way over a line that you should be careful with, but you also need that, you know, you you need that. Otherwise it doesn't, well, like it's boring. (laughs) I was going to say though, too, with fetishism, that's an interesting combo because again, with mess fetish guy, like things that make a mess, like his like his story is crazy i mean the things that he's done to be involved in messy situations i mean just he aside a, from he must be a trip to play jango with it, uh, <laughs> is, yeah right that's his orgasm moment exactly. he's like um, yes, he fucks it up on purpose every time yeah. <laughs> whoops we can't but play it, this with you right. per- per- perfection um, you joked though but like the thing he also has a prank fetish so that's very interesting his boyfriend okay so his boyfriend will have to get up early for work so he'll reset the alarm so he's late and he knows what the alarm is set at so when his boyfriend wakes up finds out he's overslept he's waiting with a pie that he's gonna put in his face to make him even later and even more agitated and that gets him horny that's how fetishized his that's mess. Crazy. And this is I mean, why, but it just like a, fetishism in general yeah. and the neurodivergent mind, like that type of thing just blows my mind because it's like the fixation that one has around something and the creativity to think yeah. of new ways to kind of feed that, so to speak. It's, like, uh, it's, a, it's important. And it's yeah. I think it's one of the best things that, like I said, neurodiversity brings to the kink community is that ability to approach things new and different, you know, because like there's so many things that, yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of edgy things, you know, like age play used to be very edge, very edge, you know, it was one of those things where even the the crazy kinksters were kind of like, I, I'm not sure about that, you know, oh, like, I, yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. 
but now, you know, little space and, you know, it's, it's much, I mean, you still get flack for it, but it's a much more accepted piece of what that is. And a lot of that comes from just the, I mean, a lot of age players are nerd argent and mm -hmm. age play is something where, you know, it allows you to take on things that are, you know, some of them are related to childhood, but some of them are just related to comfort and safety and security and, yeah, totally. uh, you know, and, and just a nostalgia for that, that position of feeling okay you know <laughs> well especially so, if you're someone who's neurodivergent and doesn't feel safe in the world as it is you yeah. know or mm -hmm. in situations or at work or wherever and the yeah. advocation for oneself and the empowerment it brings your inner child to say i need you to treat me with kid gloves or i need yeah. you to treat me you know like giving a direct person that insight and saying, hey, my little space is you treating me with kid gloves, you you being little with me, or you giving me the time. Like, I think that really helps. Oh, lot. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and I think claim that and again, advocate for that, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Right. What is it to you? What is what is useless to you? What is degradation to you? What is little space to you? The, like having those conversations ahead of time. So you're on the same page. If you guys haven't heard uh, or like don't know a lot about the neurodivergence and the morality um, component we were talking about earlier, I would just suggest everybody look that up because it's going to help you understand your partners a lot better. And so I would just take the time because that's something that is not talked about a lot. I mean, and you know, yeah. I didn't work with autism specifically, but it was something that was new to me to learn about. So, and you guys probably already know this, but like peer reviewed articles or ask someone who's neurodivergent where good information is, if they're willing to do that kind of labor for you. And that's part of the accessibility too, is just making the effort to learn about different types of neurodivergence, whether it applies to you or not. And especially if it's in your partners. And Aaron, do you do, do you do like professional coaching yeah. for people? Uh, I yeah. mean, why don't you tell us maybe in conclusion, yeah. like how people can get hold of you, what your coaching practice looks like or a professional yeah, absolutely. looks like with you or what? Yeah. So the probably easiest place to find me is on Instagram, obviously kinky Baron, uh, spelled just like it sounds kinky Baron. Um, and then, uh, I'm on there. Uh, I post a lot of different resources, uh, memes, fun. I like shit posting. I'm an old school internet kid, so uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was that kid who who uh, posted the the double tap to reload image on Instagram when I first got on Instagram. So I got oh my gosh, that image. was you. <laughs> that was me. I did that. So yeah, so there's that. Uh, right. Anyhow, so I do that, uh, but then I also do have uh, I do classes and then one on one coaching. Um, I work with all sorts of different kink needs from professional to personal. Um, as far as just kind of helping unpack pieces of what's going on. Uh, and then I do specialize, obviously, in helping autistic uh, people, especially, but just neurodivergent people. Uh, whether you're an event person who wants to understand a little bit better how to cater to our community, or if you're a person who's in my community trying to get out and understand and get through things, uh, whether that be, you know, I don't understand how to connect with my community. Um, that's a big one I get a lot to how do I work with my autistic Dom partner? How do we make sure that our dynamic is healthy and because it's not going to look like everybody else's. So if you go to kinkybaron at gmail.com and email me, um, I can set up sessions and talk about pricing. I'm very open-minded when it comes to pricing. I want to make it work with uh, people who have needs. Um, I got to, we live in a capitalist society, so everything's got to have value, but I am very flexible on what the value of my time is worth, depending on what you've got to offer. So yeah, people can look me up there. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, do you, and, and, do you do any pro dom work? 
I am, uh, yeah, I've done some in the past. I'm starting to get back into doing some pro doming a little bit more. I've got the time and resources on my hands to do that. So uh, I do have done some online pro doming as well. Uh, mostly just one-on-one -on -one kind of reaching off to uh, uh, when people reach out and need it. Uh, but I'm, I'm working on getting a little bit more in, intent on that. And uh, we'll be offering services specifically focused on uh, neurodivergence uh, needs and things like that. So very, very much focused on sensory needs, uh, on communication needs, on helping people understand their bodies, how they interact and respond, as well as how the dynamic plays out emotionally, communication-wise, uh, mentally, and just, just how, you know, how to navigate those things when sure. the advice you're given is meant for somebody who works differently from you. Well, so. and I think, I think one thing I didn't say earlier too, when you give an experience like that as a pro-dom and you impact someone so deeply, if you can get them early enough in their kink journey, you set the standard to what it should be every time. Yeah. So when red flags happen in further relationships in their future, they're like, wait a minute, no, this wasn't how it was that great yeah. time. The one-to-one -one coaching is really, really valuable. I know it seems like or we're very, spaces. we're very guru-y pushing it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I'm not gonna. I that's not the first thing I would suggest, but um, you know, certainly people know themselves best, and if you think going to a pro is something yeah. you should do, then it's something you should do. But being able to work with someone one-on-one -on -one and get individualized attention is invaluable during your kink journey, like like they're saying, especially during the beginning. So you learn, like, oh, okay, this is what something you know, feels good and looks like when it's done the way that's good for me. And then, you know, learning how to navigate that and advocate for it. So like we told you guys, you can go follow Aaron right now at Kinky Baron. You could go to their page for free and get all kinds of free kink education. There's all kinds of information on there. A lot of time was put into it. If you go to their link tree, you can access their cash app if you want to send a tip, because again, this is all free information and time that we're putting into sharing about our personal kink lives and experiences and being really open with you guys. So check that out. And then classes and anything else is on there as well in the, in at kinky Baron on Instagram. You Fuck you find. pay me as Arch likes to say. There's a time and place for everything, but I think that one, I just want to say, I only said pro spaces because current party involved. Like yeah. if there's a pro in your community, like me or yeah. Aaron, like that's an advantage to having a pro like me or Aaron in your right, community. but not yeah. every right, but, but you don't just, know, you yeah. won't know if they're like Arch or like but, Aaron. Although they no, you both work but, with people distance wise, so there is that. But again, when people are researching pros, they'll come to people like me and Aaron and find this little diamond in the rough <laughs> of I can oh. advocate with this person. I can, and I'm not getting that from any other people I'm talking to. And it sets the standard to just yeah. weed out the fucking bullshit. I know it's just hard to find a good, I've just, it's hard to find a good Correct. pro dom. And we're, so we're talking about, yeah, you guys, sure. If you guys Correct. want a pro dom, go to Aaron or Arch. That's what you should do. That's the only people that I'm recommending at this time. <laughs> the last thing I just wanted to say, as far as like inclusivity and adaptations, you know, adaptations benefit everyone, especially in kink. So definitely um, I'm doing it. I'm, looking into doing a class with Aoife about chronic pain and kink where adaptations are beneficial like all of the time. So knowing what yours are, regardless of whether you are someone who is diagnosed, self-diagnosed, not diagnosed, you you know you and you know the things that you struggle with and that you don't. So um, yeah. use adaptations to your advantage all the time for sure. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that class. That'll be fun. 
we were gonna we were gonna do accessibility yeah right okay yeah yeah, yeah. cool yeah oh fun. that's 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 the a month is are in, you guys to get you know. are you guys like promoting something on our podcast or? sure <laughs> we didn't talk about yeah that you didn't we talk about now. yet yeah so, okay. I, so I'll <laughs> well I feel I, so out of the loop i thought it would be fun to do a summer school type series class where i do different classes with different kink educators and kind of put something together for the summertime so that's the plan i don't have any crazy details for everybody yet but that's what we were planning on doing so you'll hear more from aaron and we'll definitely make sure to have you on again awesome. yeah we're gonna have the best class ever taught this summer yeah we're gonna have fun we're going to, it's going to be great. No, I'm excited. It's, it's something I love, obviously I love talking about and can talk for hours about. Um, and I think it's something that has become much more important and much more front of mind for a lot of kinky spaces, um, you know, both. Because like you said, it's beneficial to everybody to have these things. But then also it's just, you know, doesn't matter if it's beneficial to you or not. It's just a decent human being to, to, to do, to recognize and accept others. 100, 100. No, no, yes. I, I totally, you should. <laughs> I just mean for our, it's good for everyone to look in. Just yeah, because your partner a, needs- That wasn't a dick at you. Just because was... <laughs> your partner needs adaptations and you think that you're neurotypical, that doesn't mean that you don't need adaptations. That oh, yeah. is my, that is my, does. that's my point. Everybody like, does. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There's, there's no yeah. such, there's, there's, there's only one brain that works the right way and that's your brain. Everybody yeah. else is working the wrong way, but that's all you need is your one brain. You don't need yeah. everybody else's brain, so- open that and, mind up. and keep keep at it because sometimes it takes a long time <laughs> to, 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 to yeah to understand and each other careful and to feel who safe. you share that brain space with yeah be super so careful who you so share careful. that brain space with because yeah. you're losing out on million dollar ideas giving them to chumps <laughs> right and like we were talking about with the morality component and stuff there are those using air quotes bad people out there there are people that will try to take advantage of these things yeah. if they're privy to them and put put us in not good situations or use our anxieties against us or use our trauma against us so all of that yeah mm -hmm. make, make sure you know your partner yeah that well. could be a whole that could be a whole yeah. podcast series in and of itself uh people who take advantage of those things so Thank you for yeah. mentioning that very important piece. So yeah. But yeah, well, thank you for everything that you do. Like, it's really wonderful to talk to you in oh. person and just you give me just so much hope. And I just want to join you on this quest to like teach people that like there's value in giving accessibility. Like it just, yeah, it, yeah. You really, like you made my brain feel great today because it just oh. it feels so like yeah yeah I, thank I you very kindred very kindred spirits and yeah yeah i've learned a lot being friends with aaron definitely changed my world and my perspective mm -hmm. on things and that's like oh like that makes my brain so happy yeah learning happy. and these are happy yeah. hands <laughs> yeah happy yeah. hands it's a yeah. podcast. you can't see the happy hands but I, yeah. that's, that makes me very we're doing we're all doing jazz hands over here ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. this is this is just happy hands uh but that just makes i mean that's that that is why I do what I do. I, I I am of the firm opinion that if you simply present something that makes people feel good about themselves, it's much easier for them to beat you where you're at. Um, even if you disagree on everything, you know, yeah. like I've I've met people who couldn't be farther away from me on just about everything, and just because we're able to meet at that space well, and say, you know, welcome each other into that space, totally. That's changed that relationship and changed both of us in positive ways. So that's well, that makes me really happy that that I. I I've opened that up for you guys because now you're you're in. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, know? you definitely have my support behind this mission. Yeah, awesome. anything I can do to contribute or 
speak for from my perspective from my story from my whatever yeah. like i would love to help out any way i could so i mean i just i echoing what you said arch just i encourage people that what you can do to help me is just be a good self-advocate um because mm -hmm. the more people can like, that's i am just one voice and the only job i have is to help you feel more powerful in your voice so that you mm -hmm. can do what it is because i can't change your life for you right. but i can give you the the hope and the support you need to know that that's not only possible, but reasonable and definitely possible, you know, probable that you can get some of these things yep. taken care of for you. Yep. So, and the fact that that comes naturally for you really speaks volumes about the character and the person that you are. Oh, thank you. Well, that's thank you. Very, I appreciate it. Yeah. That's a, that's a very admirable leadership role that like people that submit to that tact and that type of mindset, like really we're doing great things out there. Like it just, yeah. I, 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 I it just gives me so much I appreciate that. to know that there are other people mm -hmm. doing just as crazy things in the name of, hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes me happy. I mean, I just, um, I'm sad. We're all seeing shadows on Plato's cave wall and I just, you know, I realize that there's people around the corner in the dark part of the cave. And if I let them know there's a fire up here, they can be warm. So I'm really happy you guys are joining me at the fire. Let's bring bring more people in. But yeah, then let's go uh, to the dark place because that's where all the fun that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> it might be warm right we can go back there right right cool exactly Plato, cool. Plato was kinky so you cool. know right. <laughs> i'm sure he had a lot of shit going on in his cave yeah but, you know awesome. but no that, that that touches me a lot and it makes me feel that's i mean honestly what i do is hard sometimes it feels like i'm yelling into the abyss but um hearing that you know let's I grew up in a pyramid scheme household. And so this is my version of a pyramid scheme. If I can get 10 friends to tell their 10 friends to be kinky freaks and be happy about it, then I'm just gonna have a huge downline of kinky fuckers in my life who I can look to and say, those are, that's my legacy right there. Um, <laughs> that's what I leave is I leave behind yep. the most beautiful touch that anyone has ever seen. So uh -huh. I appreciate Absolute, that. That means I a lot feel to me. The, well, it, namaste. It, it takes yep. one to know one, like it's very, it, it's very affirming to know that this is why I am the way I am and yeah. it's okay to be that way. And there are people that just like can laugh about the fucked up in this, you know, yeah. but no, but exactly. You know. And that's, 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 I mean, that's, that's all we're doing here is we're, we're trying to help each other feel, feel, feel safe and comfortable being, being ourselves and just looking for our joys. And I join that cause any day. Well, you're, you're there. You're welcome. Yeah, you're appreciated. Awesome. And your voice is definitely uh, one I appreciate as well. Uh, always happy to hear somebody else who's got crazy stories from the early 2000s and 90s oh. about oh, the ridiculous geez. stuff we did. We so. could we could do that podcast. We that could would be a great podcast. <laughs> nostalgia, nostalgia of kink. Sometimes oh, yeah. what we got away with and probably wouldn't get away with now. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. That, that would probably get us <laughs> oh demonetized God. within seconds. That would get us demonetized, kicked off Spotify, and, and put on In the moments. FBI watch list. <laughs> and probably put on the list where the next time we show our passports, they're like, yeah, yep. no, sorry. Yep. The Wild West days. There was, there was a, it was a very different time. Lawless. Lawless. Absolutely Internet. lawless. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Aaron, for coming and talking with us today. You can find them at Kinky Baron on Instagram. And we are always at King Positive Podcast on Instagram, at Elemental Kink, and at That Bad Teacher, respectively. Guys, don't forget to stay kinky and stay positive. And see you next Tuesday, cunts.